Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you're feeling fabulous. There is a little change of routine to how things are going to be run in the Fit and Fabulous podcast. I have made a big decision and that is from now onwards, I am going to be doing new episodes every other week. Now, panic not because in between the new episodes, I'm going to be re-releasing some of the amazing old content, the top old content. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm just running out of time in my week. I've got so many other amazing things going on. My client list is growing, which is fabulous. I've been doing other exciting things like the challenge, for example, that we did a few weeks ago. Absolutely loved that challenge. It was amazing fun, but it takes up so much of my time. And I'm all about work-life balance. So I can't possibly push myself over into too much work. So at the moment, the podcast is going to be new episodes every other week. But I hope that you really, really enjoy this episode on letting go of anger. Now, what else is going on at the moment? Just to let you know, I am still doing breakthrough sessions for May. So this is another reason why I have to balance what I'm doing is that every month or as often as I can, I offer free sessions to people. Um, and if you're interested in coaching, that is fabulous, but you don't have to be interested in coaching to take me up on one of these offers. So the ones that I'm offering in May, and I limit them because I don't have bounds and bounds of time, I have limited you know, time to allocate to free sessions. So in May, I have said that I will do five breakthrough sessions and five likes and dislike sessions. Now, some of them have already gone, but there are still some that you can book. So if you want to have a session, then hurry up and grab one because I know that they will go and then I will have to put a hold on booking them until I have a little bit more space. So what are the breakthrough sessions? Essentially, they are chats with people who want to create their healthy life, whether that's about losing weight or just being more healthy, but you feel like you're so close. You want to get there, but you just feel a bit stuck and you need a little bit of help working out what your next steps are going to be. So if that sounds like you, come and book a breakthrough session. Now, what is a likes and dislikes session? Oh my goodness, I've had so much success and fun with this session. Essentially, it is either dialing up your like for something healthy or dialing down your like for something that you think 
I wish I this didn't have such a grip on me. So we've had amazing success with things like pretzels and chocolate, all kinds of things that people think, I wish this didn't have such a hold on me. And I call it my magic likes and dislikes session because it is like magic. Now, clearly it's not magic. It's about working out how we think about things and how that appears in our body, but just absolutely amazing results. Now, if you want one of the likes or dislikes, you book it on the same link, but you need to leave an hour because it takes a little bit longer. So hurry up and go and grab some of those sessions before they disappear. Okay, let's dive in to anger. And I love this episode because it's really a really good introduction to how our thoughts impact our emotions and how our emotions impact our actions and how our actions impact our thoughts. Okay, let's dive in. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? I hope you are feeling amazing. Today, we are going to talk about anger. I'm going to start by telling you a short story. Now, an aside note, I originally recorded this uh, episode a few weeks ago and then I decided it wasn't quite perfect. So I had to re-record it. So when I originally recorded it, this story happened the day before. So the story was this. I dropped my children at school and I was walking to my swimming training. Now, I absolutely love swimming training. I was in my own little world. I was listening to a relaxation meditation as I walked along. Note to self, don't try and do meditation whilst you're walking along, at least not relaxation meditations. It does, does not work. So anyhow, I was listening to this audio and I was walking through our little town. Now, I live in Catalonia, um, which is currently in Spain, although they would like to be independent, or many people would. And here in Catalonia, the streets are relatively narrow and the garages are relatively small. And most people know exactly how to get into their garage. They've worked out a system how to get into their garage by a millimetre. So I'm walking down this street, which has pavements on both sides. Many streets around here don't have pavements on both sides, but this one did. And this lady is trying to pull into a garage. And I pause and wait for her to to do what she needs to do. But she's blocking the whole street. So I thought about walking around her, but I couldn't really because she basically was blocking the whole street. And after a while, she was struggling and not really getting in. After a while, I decided that I was just going to sort of step in front of her. And before I knew it, she was blaring on the horn and her window was open and she was yelling at me. And before I really knew what was happening... I was yelling back at her, saying, I'm crossing the street, it's fine for me to do this, blah, blah, blah. This was all happening in Catalan, until eventually she just lost her, lost it and went, go, go. And at which point, I think I had a moment, an epiphany, which was like, what on earth are you doing standing in the street yelling at this lady? I'm not normally the kind of person who stands in the street yelling at total strangers. So what happened there? I decided to carry on walking to my swimming. But I just, this sort of thought was mulling over, mulling over in my brain. So that is the story. That is the background of what prompted me to think about this issue of anger. So first of all, let's have a think about why even bother to talk about anger. Why not just be angry all the time? Well, I think it's not very enjoyable being angry all the time. And I think actually we can change the way that we are. Um, I recently read 
Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's a fabulous read. And he talks about how we get addicted to certain moods. So, you know, you might be a little bit grumpy one day, but you carry on being really, really grumpy. And eventually that's your persona and you can change that. And I think that's an amazing concept. Also, when you are angry, you tend to be far more stressed. And we've got a whole episode about stress coming up with my good friend, Mariana. And we will talk about stress, but in it, she talks about stress and how it contributes to many diseases. So really, I think we can see that we want to be happy and that anger is not going to help us to to be happy. Now, what is anger? Anger is an emotion. And what are emotions? Emotions are feelings, sensations that we have. Now, the thing about anger is that it is a particularly strong emotion. And I think all emotions really trigger a response in our body. But anger triggers a really strong physiological response, the flight, fight and freeze response. So we've all heard of that. That's when our adrenaline pumps up and we're fighting with a bear we're running from a bear or we're freezing like a rabbit in the headlight. And adrenaline is a very powerful hormone. And when I was at medical school, there would be stories of, you know, people who would be playing rugby and break a leg and they carry on doing rugby with this injury because the adrenaline is basically hiding. It's masking the amount of pain that they're in. So they can do this surefire, I can get through this. But obviously, once the adrenaline comes down, they realize how much agony they're in. So that's what anger is. It's an emotion and it often triggers this physiological response. Now, there is a secret that many coaches use and many self-help books. And this secret goes like this. We have thoughts and these thoughts are the pre-runners of our feelings. So our thoughts lead to feelings and emotions. And these emotions lead to actions. Now, if you read any self-help book now, the majority of them will talk about this, this um, sequence of events. Actually, I have recently been reading Sapiens by, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce the gentleman's name, but I'm definitely not a theologian um, in my training. But i came to realize as he was talking about sapiens it's meant to be the history of the human race and it's a very very interesting read but in that he talks about buddhist theory and it's exactly this so um all these help self-help books and all the people now are beginning to look at this theory and realize that actually we can do a bit of research behind it and um look at a bit more science but it's basically based on buddhist theory so the Buddhists have been going on about this for several thousand years. So, and it's interesting to see that it still is relevant. So this is how it goes. And this can really be used to fix any problem, whatever problem you have, whether it's wanting to lose weight or how to be happy, or in this case, letting go of anger. So, oh, another thing I would like to add just before we do this, that this work that we can do on letting go of anger. Now, you can have changes that happen overnight. But for most people, I think this takes time to work in. So I would say that I have been working on myself for several years. And I used to be stressed and grumpy. Now, when I say that, it makes me sound like I was really stressed and grumpy. I wasn't really stressed and grumpy. I was a normal person who had a certain amount of stress and anger, frustration in my life. Looking after, well, when I first started, 
being in a hospital. A hospital is a stressful environment. And then I had four small children who shout and scream all the time. So stressed and grumpy was definitely part of my makeup. And I've been working hard to go from stressed and grumpy to calm and happy. Now, that does not mean to say that I don't ever feel these emotions. Clearly, as I walk down the street and this lady starts yelling at me, it's not like I have to go, okay, I'm not ever going to feel anger. But it's about realizing that you are in that state of anger. And instead of holding on to it, going, okay, this is anger, and now I can move on. The thoughts, feeling, actions. How does this work? You may have a thought, an example, which Dr. Dispenza gives in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So you drive to work and you're thinking about an argument that you had with your boss. You get in the car and you're perfectly happy and then you start mulling over this episode that happened and you get angrier and angrier and those thoughts, those negative thoughts. And by the time you get out of your car, you are feeling angry. And that is a a prime example of how thoughts have led to the feeling of anger, which may then go on and um, lead to actions. We are creatures of emotions, and a lot of the things that we do come out of emotions. So how do we start changing this? How do we start going, okay, do you know what? I don't want anger to rule my life. So I think the starting block is really to examine yourself. Examine yourself without judgment. And when I say without judgment, what I mean is this. So I'm walking along and I realize that I'm getting angry. And instead of going, oh my goodness, you're always so angry. How can you do this? How come you haven't changed this? We've been working on this for years and you're still in anger. That is not what I'm talking about. What you want to do is go, ah, anger. How has this happened? And start to analyze it and think, well, in this particular case, there was an external stimulus. That's what made made me angry, this external stimulus of somebody being angry. And I think that was probably my mirror neurons. We have these things in our brain called mirror neurons, which, um, so for example, when your children are angry, you often mirror that emotion back. And if you see people laughing, you will often, often mirror that laughing back. You have no idea what they're laughing about, but you will laugh. And that's mirror neurons. So I think probably that was what was happening in this situation. But once you can start to see yourself, it's almost as if you're standing outside of yourself taking notes and thinking, ah, this is what happens. Then you can start to see patterns and you can start to understand when you feel certain things or think certain things. So for example, when you're eating cake, which you don't really want to eat, or you think, I want to stop eating cake, then examine yourself when you're eating cake and think, what is going on that is leading me to eat cake? Or when you're yelling at people in the street. Now, it's very interesting to think of this um, sequence, this model, thoughts, feelings, actions in a linear way and think it's really powerful because we can change the way we think. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But it's also really useful to think about it as a circle, a feedback loop. So thoughts create feelings, create actions, create thoughts, and you go round and round in a circle. And although I would say that thoughts are a really good place to start because you can change the way you think, you can actually enter that circle in any way you want. So for example, in this case, I think that this lady, I entered this circle in feelings because I had that mirror neuron and I immediately got into anger. 
And there wasn't much thinking behind that. Now, they could have been thinking, which is, I have as much right to cross the street as you do. But really, I think this one started with feeling. So let's go and have a little bit thinking about thoughts and how we can change them. So once we start to examine our thoughts and be more objective about them, we can have a look and think, are these really valid thoughts? So for example, a thought you might have is eating ice cream makes me happy. And then what do you want to do? You go off and it leads to the action of eating ice cream. Or I eat cake when I'm offered it because I want to be a thin person who can eat anything and not worry about it. Now, are these thoughts actually true when you actually examine them? Is it ice cream, eating ice cream that makes me happy? Or is it all the associations that you have with ice cream that makes you happy? Now, I am not saying that eating ice cream is not a pleasurable experience, but does it actually make you happy? Or is happiness really something that comes from within? And what's happening is you might be bonding with somebody or you might be reliving a past experience. Or the second thought, I eat cake when I'm offered it because I want to be this thin person who can eat anything without worrying about it. Is there really anybody on earth who can eat mountains and mountains and mountains of sugar and it have no effect on their body? And I think the answer is no. It Sugar affects everybody. And really, when you look at your friends who are thin and appear to eat everything, anything and everything, that isn't what is happening. And until you actually go and really examine what they're eating and how they're acting and their lifestyle, you can't really make that judgment. So examine your thoughts. And then you can try to reframe the thought. So ice cream gives me pleasure. I enjoy eating ice cream. Happiness is an emotion that I associate with ice cream. Or in the case of the thin person, no one eats heaps of sugar without it affecting them. And I am human. And now when you do that reframing, you need to be kind to yourself. Yet you do need to be realistic. So for example, if you think I have a fat and ugly body and you're going to go to, I'm thin and beautiful and here's a unicorn, that's not realistic and you're not going to believe it. But you can be neutral and you can go with, I have a body and you can leave out those negative bits of fat and ugly. Now, talking about negative and positive, you can also focus on the positive. And this is a really interesting exercise that I like people to do. Now, I want you to spend a minute looking around you and just observing things. Now, if you want to pause the audio and just really have a look and look at all the things that are yellow. And after a minute, come back and start the audio again. Now, I'm presuming that you have paused or you've had a good look round. And now I'm going to ask you to tell me all the things in the room that are red. And I think this is a really powerful, small example, because we train ourselves to notice things. And somehow, by default, we seem to train ourselves to notice negative things more than positive things. But the good news is we can retrain ourselves. So let me give you a few examples. A few years ago, after I had we'd moved to Spain, and at the time I had two children, we spent an absolute fortune getting our British five-seater car to be a legal car in Spain. And then I got pregnant with twins. 
So we had to buy another car. So I found myself with four children and two cars, which we didn't really use. We weren't driving to work every day and we definitely didn't need two cars. We did need the seven-seater because we couldn't all fit in the five-seater. But I was reluctant to get rid of the five-seater car because I'd spent so much money getting it um, brought over from the UK. And also, who was going to buy a, a car from the UK in Spain that was the wrong hand drive? So I was sort of stuck with this car thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. Now, one day in the middle of winter, and we live quite close to the Pyrenees Mountains, and the wind at time blows off the mountains. Thankfully, not for very long. Right now, we're at the end of a three-day stint of this wind, which is called the Trau Montana. And hopefully this afternoon it will stop because I don't like the cold. So going back to this winter, several years ago, I had an evening meeting that I had to go to and it was dark and cold and I went to look for the car. I couldn't find the car anywhere. And I said to my husband, where on earth did you park the car? And he told me it wasn't there. In the end, I took the other car. And we went to the police station the next day. My husband said, I think our car has been stolen. And they looked at him and went, no, you've probably just forgotten where you've parked it. So I went back and I said, no, no, seriously, the car is no longer there. This is where it parked. And then she did a bit of rummaging and she said, oh, you know what? That wind, it blew over a big, big wall and it crushed your car and your car is now wrecked. Now, that's quite shocking news. And I was quite shocked. And I didn't really know what to make of it. So um, time goes by. I didn't let it get me down. And in the end, after about a year, we actually got money from the insurance for it. And so actually, that thing that appeared to be quite negative had a really positive outcome. I got rid of that car that I didn't want, perhaps not in the uh, best way possible. But I got money for it, which I wouldn't have been able to get if I had sold it. Another example I have is we recently moved house and we have moved from next door to one house, one school that my children go to, to next door to another school that my children don't go to and sadly can't um, change to. So this means that we have to spend about 20 minutes a day each journey walking backwards and forwards to school and the children have to go to school twice a day. We have morning school and afternoon school. So this adds up to quite a lot of walking. And my children are not very keen on this. Well, to begin with, they weren't. However, I am really loving these walks now and I get to listen to podcasts and I realise that it is good for my exercise levels and it's really good for their exercise tolerance too. So although that for me at the beginning of the year was a bit of a drag, a bit of a, oh my goodness, I can't believe we have to do this. This is quite a big lifestyle change for us. Actually, when you focus on the positive, you can always find a positive in most circumstances. Okay, let's just have a quick recap. We've been thinking about thoughts. We want to examine them and reframe them and focus on the positive. What else can we do thinking about thoughts that is going to help us move away from anger to more happy? The other thing that people use are mantras. Now, what is a mantra? A mantra is something that you repeat to yourself time and time again. And there are myriad different mantras. So you can talk about how you're loved or how you love your body. And you can find different mantras that you can repeat every single day. And I think the idea about this is it's reminding yourself about whatever it is, your goal or whatever it is. Um, I do think you need to keep them realistic. So going back to 
the example of I have a fat and ugly body. Um, now you can say you, your mantra could be something like I love my body or I have my body and I'm grateful that I have a body. I, but you, they have to be personal to you. But what you don't want to do is be really unrealistic. Unre- now, the fourth thing that I wanted to mention is gratitude. And you may see now that gratitude is really becoming very um, fashionable. And for good reason. Gratitude helps you see the world in a more positive light. When we take time to note all the amazing things that we do have, it helps us to see how amazingly lucky we are. And after a period of time, if we don't focus on what we have, things just become mundane and normal and we forget. So it's a really good exercise to just remind yourself how amazingly fortunate you are with everything that we have. We live in a society now where we have electricity and water and sanitation and washing machines and all of these things that our ancestors used to have to do. Um, And we have children who may annoy us, but normally when they're annoying us, that means they're in good health. So there's always something that you can focus on the positive and be grateful for. So let's move on and have a think about emotions. And emotions are a really interesting um, topic. So with emotions, what we don't want to do is fight our emotions. Yet, we don't want to be controlled by them. So what do I mean by that? If I go back to that example of anger. When I was shouting at that lady in the street, I was being controlled by my emotion. And when I look around and see my children who are having tantrums and lying on the floor, that is because they are being controlled by their anger and their frustration. But it is possible to go, okay, I feel this anger, this frustration, and recognize it and let it go. And in the book Sapiens, he gave a very um, nice analogy of this and it being like waves coming in. And instead of trying to stop a wave of emotion, you just let it wash over you. And I really like that analogy. It really speaks to me. So how do we tap into our emotions? How can we change our emotions? Well, I think one really interesting thing is music. When you're feeling down, put on some dance music and it lifts your spirits. And when you're feeling like you want to feel a little bit sad, you can put on sad music and you feel sad. And to me, music is really a magical way of tapping into your emotions. I've already mentioned mirror neurons, and these are neurons that we have in our brain that mirror emotions from an outside source. So that might be a negative or um, anger emotion, or it might be a happy emotion. Another useful tool to understand your emotions is meditation. Now, there's lots of different types of meditation, and I'm going to do an entire podcast on meditation. But one thing that you can do is focus on that feeling, that emotion that you would like to have more of. So you can imagine what it feels like when you're at your favorite place and the emotions that you might feel. And you can generate these emotions from within. That is meditation. And lastly, I think exercise is a useful tool when it comes to emotions. And exercise is useful for different reasons. So it helps us channel emotions. For example, if you're feeling anger, a good way to expend that anger is on movement. So whether you are using it furiously to run really hard or swim really fast, to put that 
anger, that emotion into exercise and movement. If we go back to our thoughts, feelings, actions, straight line or circle, the last thing is actions. And I'm saying to you that your actions affect your thoughts. So if you are a parent, think back to that time when you had your first baby. Did you feel like a parent at that time? And I suspect the answer was no. I know that when I was first presented with my baby thinking, oh my goodness, I'm a mother, what do I have to do? And what did I do? Well, I kind of just got on with it, even though I didn't feel like a parent at that time. I still felt very much like um, pre-mother me, if that makes sense. But in that moment, my whole life changed and I became a mother. Now, 10 years on, I definitely feel like a mother. 10 years of having children and looking after them day in, day out. I feel like a mother. But back at that time, I didn't feel like a mother. And what changed? Basically, the actions changed. I was presented with this baby and I got on with the act of looking after it until I felt like a mother. And we see this. There's, you've probably heard of this thing called imposter syndrome, where um, people who do things, so for example, they've looked at doctors and they say to you, well, do you feel like a doctor? And the answer quite often is no. And and the longer you spend being a doctor, the more you adapt and feel like it. But even though you have this qualification, you still feel like an imposter. You feel like I'm not qualified to be a doctor. How can I help these people? Whereas the reality is you are, you just don't feel like it. And that that is imposter syndrome. And as you start making those actions, you will convince yourself that that is the truth. And you will start to think and feel in whatever way it is. And I think you can do the same with happiness as well. And they say that smiling If you smile and you fake your smile, you can fake it for long enough until it feels real and the emotion of happiness follows it. So there you go. In a nutshell, how to go from thoughts, feelings and actions of negativity to positivity. Now I have my framework of how I can change from anger to being happy. And as I say, you don't want to get rid of all of your emotions. The idea is not to hide from them. The idea is to let them wash over you and recognize them. So I'm back with this lady. And what can I do? Well, I just changed my thought at that time and thought, I'm going to be slightly more charitable to her and think she's clearly having a bad day. I have no idea why she's so stressed about getting into her car parking, into her garage. But there's obviously something going on there. And it is not normal behavior to start yelling at somebody just because they want to go past. So I have no idea what was going on for her that particular day. But by recognizing the fact that I was just feeding into her emotion, actually, I'm better off just walking away and I can't help that lady at that particular time. What I can do is focus on myself and think, okay, I'm going to get on with swimming and enjoy my swimming and use this as a learning experience of why not to hang on to that anger. I hope that was a useful exercise for you. I know when you start thinking about emotions and thoughts right at the beginning, if this is new to you, it can be a bit like, whoa, that is a lot of stuff. 
What I would say to you is this takes time. If you want to change the way you think and feel and do things, it takes time. And most people do not change overnight. It is perfectly possible to change overnight if you are stimulated or motivated enough to do so. So for example, think about people who are diagnosed with lung cancer who give up smoking in a day after years of smoking. And the difference there is motivation. So it all depends on your motivation of how you want to change. But if you just want to do gradual changes, then just start playing around with some of these tools and start thinking about them. And over a period of time, you will notice a big difference. Okay, goodbye. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Orlina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at drorlina, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.